what I think about it. I think that is very, very bad for that man to make an accusation like that. That is terrible. I have never, ever, since I've managed, ever told a pitcher to throw at anybody, nor will I ever. And if I ever did, I certainly wouldn't make him throw at a fucking 130 hitter like Lafay or fucking Bavacqua, who could hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat. And I guarantee fucking to you this, when I pitched, and I was going to pitch against a fucking team that had guys on it like Bavacqua, I sent a fucking limousine to get the cocksucker to make sure he was in the motherfucking lineup because I kicked that cocksucker's ass any fucking day in a week. He's a fucking motherfucking big mouth, I'll tell you that. Tommy motherfucking Lasorda. Tommy Lagorda. That was fucking gold. That's like that shit right there. That's like if Joey Diaz managed. <laughs> that's right. like the perfect you, sound bit. Think, yeah. No, that's uh, that was if you guys are unfamiliar. That was Tommy Lasorda's reaction to a um, when he first started managing the Dodgers. They were playing the Padres, um, who historically suck balls. Absolutely. They're a fucking triple A team, especially then. And uh, and. So they're playing him, and Tom Needenfuer, Dodger pitcher, ended up throwing high and tight. He, he plunked a Padre hitter who's like a utility dude that hit like 130 or something like that, right? Yeah. Guys, uh, He You've heard it in there. I don't Guy uh, couldn't Lavaca. catch herpes. You know, guys couldn't hit anything. Yeah, as, as Tommy said. A anyway, so this guy, uh, he got beaned, and then the next day in the news, uh, uh, the guys, LaFay and... Bavakla were talking shit. The reporters said, like, what, you know, did, did he, you think he threw at you intentional? And he said, he goes, yeah, I think he did. And I think I know who's responsible for it. It's that fat little Italian. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the guy said. So the reporters the next day asked Tommy Lasorda about the whole incident and that comment. And that's what he had to say about it. It's gold. It's gold. I think that's how most managers are. You know, they have that that mentality. But if you don't, uh, Tommy is is a was a badass. He was a legend. Kind of reminded me a lot of Earl Weaver. Earl Weaver oh, yeah. was the uh, Orioles. That's right. Orioles he was uh, manager. the manager for the Orioles. All those old guys. Uh, all those guys. Uh, yeah. Earl Weaver, fucking Sparky Anderson. Sparky Anderson. He lived in Thousand Oaks. Uh, Tommy Lasorda. Billy Martin. Billy Martin was great. I he love was, that guy. He'd get into he got everything. hired and fucking fired by Steinbrenner like seven Five or eight times. different yeah. times or some shit. Five times. He fucking, Can you imagine? You know how he died? How fucking, he... he was a drunk. He DUI. Or not DUI. He fucking Drink drunk himself. driving. He fucking flew off the road. Some crap. Car crash. Fucking Holy died. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, he was a no hardcore idea. alcoholic. Um, Can you imagine though if that was uh, that was like your boss where you get fired five or six times and then they still hire you back and you're wondering, I just I just love this company so much. That's like that was like <laughs> that was like me at Pizza Chief in my fucking early late teens and early twenties. Jake, you're done. Yeah. Turn in your sash. Fuck, get the fuck out of here. And then like a month later, I need some cash. Hey, Jake. And he 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 call me and be like, Do you get any bud, bro? And I'd be like, oh, uh, yeah, what do you want? And show up. I'm like, yeah, you think I can start driving again? And voila. Sure <laughs> I'm enough. back. Employee I never got of the month. fired. It was more like, nah, fuck this shit. And you just stop showing up. 
then they'd get all pissed. Don't fucking come back here again. And I, like a, <laughs> a month later, you'd show up, and like the next night, you're you're delivering pies. It's the best. It's so uh, cathartic. But I mean, hey, that's that's life. I think uh, most managers, though, they have to have that mentality. Most people in that, especially the major leagues. But Tom Lasorda, what a fucking legend, huh? Well, there that that era of managers is gone. No, yeah, absolutely. It's all, it's all like tech dudes, like Dave Roberts and fucking like. Joe Torrey was my favorite because they respect him. Because did you ever watch? Joe never spazzed out. No, he never lost his cool. I think he only got. He was like the Phil, he was like the Phil Jackson of baseball. He just had this unique click, and like they respected Calmness. him. He was calm. calm. It was very zen. And you notice you're like you're like oh he, like sometimes you'll hear guys go like yeah they complain this manager doesn't have enough you know fervor or fire behind him. he doesn't get the guys motivated and this and that he does it wrong but the players will tell you and it, to me it's like you gotta think of Joe Torre dude those guys love that guy I everywhere think- he went even when he came to the Dodgers they, they went to the playoffs they hadn't been there in years and fucking they had Manny Ramirez that's right that's fucking, right that's right he took they went to the NLCS two years in a row against er, the Phillies er, he reminds me a lot of also Mike Sosha Mike Sosha for the Angels he was really into small ball but he, I've never yeah. seen him get tossed out of games and when he would get tossed it was definitely he had players backs uh, yeah. or it was just missed calls but to see him light up into players, yeah, never I, really I saw. always, I always liked Sosha as a player, and then he won the World Series. I thought, oh, he's great, and then I thought he really marinated a little too long in Anaheim. Oh, absolutely. He, well, he, he was getting players talking shit about him. He, he was like Mike Napoli, fucking hated him, dude. Yeah. Like fucking, he's like he doesn't develop players that he has. He just goes with. Vets. He, no, he goes with vets more than he does the young guys. He well, does. that's also why the Angels haven't won a World Series and got what Ar- was it? Artie Moreno is a dog shit owner. Oh yeah. He oh, put yeah. all that money into pool holes. What have they done for pitching in the last decade? <laughs> oh, we got Otani. Are you fucking out of your mind, dude? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I think the last one they they've done had nothing. Oh, we got Garrett staff. Richards. I'm like dudes had like four Tommy Johns, dude. What the? That's who you're putting your. Like, the Angels always load up with, and they got Trout, and they got, dude, their lineup is sick. They got Rendon now, they oh, got they Trout. Got, yeah. What's their pitching like? What's their starting Absolute rotation? Garbage. I couldn't name one fucking dude. They, t- t- they were, they're still living on, like, Kevin Apier, remember? At <laughs> 2002. Oh, he was like, their, him and Jared Washburn and shit. I remember that. Frankie K was their closer. Yeah, they had some uh, some pitchers back in the day, like Troy, per- uh, Troy Percival, who Percival. Was, he was amazing. Who was that? Irvin Santana. Leave the dipshit. With the yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That's right, that's right. And the then they Angels, had. What, who? They yeah. also had this other guy named Ben Weber, who would do this weird motion that it looked like he was jacking himself off on his. Ah, delivery. yeah. He'd go like this. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just such a weird delivery. Do you remember? Like, you remember fucking weird speaking of weird deliveries? Remember Mike Fetters? Yeah. Yeah. He'd do that. What did he do? He would like look down would, at the ground and come up and like a dog. And yeah, yeah, and then he dogged the pitcher. Yeah. Real hard, real fast. I saw him pitch in Arizona, <laughs> and that guy, he was uh, fucking looked like he was doing rails of tweak, and then he'd come up like the cops came in the door before he made the pitch. He'd be like, oh, and then like fucking look up. He looked like a he looked like a mad dog. He looked yeah. like a mad dog out there. Mike Fetters did. And then he went to the Orioles or some bullshit team. But yeah, back to the managers. Remember Whitey Herzog? For the Cardinals in the 80s. Oh, shit. You might have been too young for that. Okay, Whitey, okay. Whitey was there before Tony LaRusa, and Whitey was there in the 80s. He was the guy with, like, Jack Clark, Ozzie Smith, and Will Yeah, McGee, the Wizard. Yeah. Vince, Vince Coleman, that team. Their, their manager, Whitey Herzog, and then they had the uh, the other guy I was thinking of. Um, oh, my God. Uh, who was the... Did I already name? No, I already named Sparky Anderson. Earl Weaver. 
I just sent it. Oh, uh, remember Jack McKeon, Trader Jack? Oh, the yeah, Padres? yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was like GM manager. I don't know his deal. He used to pull the trigger on big trades, and they got the Padres got Fred McGriff and shit. Um, oh, that was who I was thinking of. The Giants in the 80s had an old man named Roger Craig. That was fucking dope. And everyone, I remember thinking the, the running back for the 49ers at the same time in San Francisco was Roger Craig. And he, and then the manager of the Giants is old dude, Roger Craig. That's when they had uh, Will Clark and Robbie Thompson, Kevin Mitchell, Matt Williams. Will like, Clark in his Giants fucking prime. Like, Matt Williams in his prime. Dude, Will Clark to this day is still one of my absolute favorite baseball players. That dude was a fucking was a beast. beast. He was just buff. He was just like this old fucking, he was a total redneck dude, but he was from like Louisiana. He'd hunt and shit, but that swing... That left-handed dude, he could, it was <laughs> fucking so badass. It reminded me a lot of uh, Strawberry, Darl Strawberry's one. No, Strawberry had that upright, herky-jerky walk Absolutely. It, looked, it just looked Will, beautiful. Well, no, I know what you mean. Will Clark leaned back, almost like Tony Gwynn, but higher, and he had the yeah. bat behind his shoulder doing that. Like, laid back behind it, almost like Tony Gwynn style, but upright. You Gwynn, know who's, Gwynn would squat. And he would then squat un, and kind of hunch over. Whack! I can remember him hitting it. Reminded me a lot of also Mo Vaughn. Remember Mo Vaughn? Mo Vaughn, the dude that like Mo Vaughn. fucking didn't he sign with the Mets or the Angels? And then, his, and at then the end of his career, then like fell in the dugout and his career was. That over. was it, dude. That was it. <laughs> We're not fucking Don Baylor, but the the player that he was when he was coach for the Angels. He was just standing on the dugout steps and his legs snapped. Remember what? that? <laughs> sure, look it up. Google it. Don Baylor on the Angels. He was a first base coach, hitting coach, some shit. This was like a handful of years ago before he passed away. And he was fucking just standing there and like had just like slightly moved to make a step and his leg fucking snapped. And it was in the news and everyone was like, what the fuck did he do? How does that happen? <laughs> How does that happen? Fucking being in good shape. Just because you're a, you're, see, he's a baseball coach. But, he ain't running. Right, he ain't doing right. shit. Don was getting fat and happy, but you're right. I don't understand how a pro athlete's leg snaps. Anyway, oh fuck. So what's uh, let's baseball's good. I watch the Dodgers Giants. Jesus. Christ. Who do you who do you think's gonna gonna win the World Series this year? That's a tough call. I mean, I'm saying Dodgers, but uh, here's the thing. I don't think the Padres. Uh, that's tough to tell, though. I don't know, because the Padres do have vets now that have been there. That's what I'm saying. And I think it's going to be a great year. They haven't had that in the past. I, I don't want to say it. has never been down that stretch of playoff games and tight no, situations. No, And Fucking what he did, Tatis he was... Jr. hasn't, except last year. And that, they did pretty well, but... Even when they were in the, even uh, when Machado was in the playoffs with the Dodgers, they're, they, he, 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 was horse, he, was, he was horseshit. He was yeah. horrible. Um, no, I don't know. That's going to be weird because I normally would write the Padres off say, oh, they'll get good. They'll fold because they don't have the experience. If anything, um, no, actually, I don't think that this year because they have guys that have been there now and they're good. I want to say that I think shit. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I would like to just say the Dodgers and I'm not just because I'm a fan. I mean, look at their fucking lineup. Look at their, their pitching staff, the rotation, the bullpen. Yeah, Joe Kelly, Gratterall, fucking all those guys lost Baez and the Braves, was it? I don't know. Did they? Anyway, yeah, Baez signed with someone else and he's been there his whole career. He's good. Uh, huh. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. World Series, I haven't even looked at the other teams. I really haven't. I think it's either going to be... Everyone keeps saying shit about the Mets, but I'm like, fucking the Mets? Although it was because, uh, what's his name? Lindor's over there. Lindor's there. Syndergaard's going to be back healthy. He's, I think Cano, Jacob DeGrom. Robinson like Cano's be, still there at uh, second yeah, base. They got Pete Alonso. Like, yeah. Fucking, the, the dude um, mashes. Uh, that dude does it, the shit out of the ball. Yeah. 
I but think, yeah, the Met, I don't know. I don't. I haven't looked. Everyone says the Yankees look really good again, but it's like I feel like the Yankees always the look good. Pitching for him though. Yeah, they got rid of Tanaka, and he's like their vet in the playoffs that gets shit done. To me, he threw like eight scoreless last year against the Rays. Like, maybe I'm exaggerating. But no, yeah, no, no, he, he did. He, 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 but I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know who the fuck they have pitching. The Met or the Yankees never have any like. They have Garrett Cole. Totally forgot about fucking Garrett Cole. Yeah, guys. I'm Garrett, you know Garrett Cole. We'll see how he works out because he was like Bauer's ERA career. He could always pitch was around four because he was on the Pirates. And then he was on like all these shit teams, that, which doesn't really matter. I mean, if you pitch good, your ERA. Yeah, but Kershaw, I, I, even if his record was fucking fourteen and nine or fucking you know something weak or it's six and two, his ERA was always under three with innings. You look at to me a pitcher. You don't look at the win and loss. You look the tail of the tape for any pitcher to me is innings pitched. And earned run average. Earned run, runs. That's yeah. it'll tell you everything you need to know about a good pitcher. It's like, oh, look at his ERA is fucking two point. I'm like, yeah, he's got he's 19 only, innings. He's only pitched a few like, games. Like, fuck yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like, it, let's see him go into the 50, 60, see if he can hold that shit up. Exactly. Like a starter, the same. You know? You do you are you a big fan of Kershaw? Huge fan. I've Huge followed fan. that guy since he was a kid, and it's just you know. I was looking at this the other day. I was looking at all these players that are going to be, that are like, they started in 2005, 2002 era. And you have Miguel Cabrera. You have uh, Kershaw. You have uh, Joey Votto. You have all these greats, but it just trips me out to see. I, I, I mean, I've always been a big fan of Kershaw. I just think he could never, there's times where they just overused him. I think no, they, that's, well, that's that explains his lapse in the playoffs. Yeah. And like, here's the thing to me about Kershaw. People give him shit about the postseason. It really goes back to two bad innings in 2013 and 14 against St. Louis. That's right. Back-to-back years, seven. the first games in both series of those, he dominated the Cardinals. Second game was dominating both years in the seventh inning of whatever games four or five. It would be like a bunt. Or a, a missed a, a, a swinging bunt, and yeah. they and they they okay guys at first now, then a, a bleeder down the line that falls a in, duck fart, then yeah. a walk, which is very uncommon. Suddenly base bases loaded, loaded, and then suddenly an, a strikeout. And you're feeling good, and then a bases clearing gapper by some fucking no name lefty off the bench that never should happen. And you look at oh Kershaw's at 101 pitches. He threw 248 the whole season. He has no bullpen behind him, no other starters, so like it's all on him. I was like, they totally overused him. Yeah. He should have come out in the seventh the minute he started. At, well, you're at 90 pitches. A guy just walked. You got two on and nobody out. Let's let's get you some help. Yeah. They didn't have they it. Didn't, they didn't, they have didn't anybody, fucking have they it. Have and they could, and their run support in those years. I remember both those games. Remember they had that second baseman from the A's, Mark Mark something. He came over, blonde dude. He was like, he came, that guy scored like a, he got a, like a base hit and then fun came around to score. That was the only run in the two games Kershaw pitched. He lost like two, three. I mean, he got clobbered in the seventh, but I mean it was yeah. one nothing Dodgers for seven innings in both those games, and then he, the gates open. It was like you guys couldn't have gotten him two, three runs with that like lineup. You like give me a fucking break. Yeah. They had Hanley. They had fucking. Oh, and then Hanley got fucking drilled in the ribs by Joe Kelly. That's right. I wanted to kill Joe Kelly. That's then. right. Broke Hanley's ribs. That was our that was our series because he was the hottest, the hottest hitter in the league. Hitter. Dude. Yeah, no, uh, Kershaw. I think his whole body of work in the playoffs is uh, is really good if you look at it. And, and look now, you look. He's 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 got 13 wins in the postseason. Andy Pettit leads all time with 19. 19. Second is Smoltz with. 15. So he's two behind Smoltz, and he's now leads all postseason history in strikeouts. So it's like 
couple years, he gets cut more runs. Suddenly, he's going to be from a joke to like, wow, he has the most wins and most strikeouts in postseason history, and he's got two or three titles. Two or three. Let's hope so. I think hopefully this year, I think it's going to be the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. All right, that's baseball talk this morning. I might bullshit with you. Artie's going to get going to work. So do I. Hey, have a good day, man. You too, Ben. And uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. (laughs) All right. All right. So Artie's gone. And uh, it's time for me to take a call. I got to take a piss. Hold on, guys. Uh, I was just, you know what I was cracking up at? As I was laughing at um, the, uh, when we were talking about Tommy Lasorda. Do you guys remember when, do you remember who Heidi Fleiss is, do you remember that chick? She was the, um, Heidi Fleiss was like the Hollywood madam. Like she was the chick that celebrities would call. It was like a undercover brothel before there was a back page or escort service. That's basically what she was. You would, you would get Heidi's number from guys like fucking Hollywood actors and singers and actresses and athletes. And hey, if you or your boys need some high class poon, hit up Heidi Fleiss. She's got you covered. Guys like Charlie, she had a black book with all her clients in it. And when they read, she got in some scandals and she had to go to court. They had to look through that black book and they posted it and put it in the newspaper. And all these celebrity names and shit were on it. You know, it would be like uh, Epstein's flight log, right? Everyone's like, oh, I'm going to see who, who fucking went to that island. This was like, ooh, let's see who fucking Heidi Fleiss's clientele was. It was dudes like Charlie Sheen, fucking Larry King, a bunch of people like that. A bunch of dudes on the Lakers and fucking Tommy Lasorda's name was on there. <laughs> I was dying. And the thing is, I was like, you imagine Tommy calling up to get a blowjob? <laughs> like, so, oh yeah, I'd like to get a piece of that hot meat. And he's all like calling up Heidi, putting it in order. But it's also one of those things, I bet you Tommy was just getting a bunch of the young players laid. You know what I mean? Like the young dudes that didn't have wives or girlfriends or maybe some that did and just didn't give a shit. Like maybe Tommy was like, yeah, I got this number and he's handing out her card. So maybe she had Tommy's name in there. Fucking imagine if like Vin Scully was in there. (laughs) I'm not saying he was. He wasn't because I would have remembered that. But like, yeah, it was like Larry King, Charlie Sheen, fucking Tommy Lasorda. Like... You could Google it and look up, like, Heidi Fleiss's Black Book, and you'll get all the names in there. But, yeah, Tommy Lasorda's name was in that shit. I remember reading that in the L.A. Times. That was bad press on him. And then also, supposedly, his Italian restaurant had fucking got shut down because they had, like, rats or cockroach problems or some shit. Um, oh, fuck. Tommy was great. But, um, anyway, let's move on now. So, um, what do you... Have, have you guys ever... Um, I was thinking the other day about, uh, like, have you guys ever thought, like, have you ever had a job that it was so awful that you just, you, you, you fucking went into work and then you just hated it so much that it, it was like nothing was really wrong. It was just so miserable and the pay was awful and the environment was just cold and shitty and like, you know, uh, and you just fucking walked out. Like, you didn't quit. Like, you didn't give two weeks. You didn't tell him, like, hey, I got stuff to do. This isn't working out. Like, you just stopped showing up one day. Or better yet, you left in the middle of a shift. Like, you went in and you're like, dude, fuck this. And you got your shit and just walked out. Have you ever done that? Like, not making a statement like, yo, fuck this. Take this job and shove it. Nothing corny like that. Like, 
I just remember when I was young and I would look for jobs, right? This was before the internet was super available. So I'd look in the newspaper and the want ads and there would be everything in there. You know, come down, apply here, you know, call for an interview and they'd invite you in. It, that's how it used to work. And uh, it was very personable, which I liked better than this five million people on the internet and they just picked the most experienced, you know, because I've gotten a lot of jobs just bullshitting and talking to people, making them laugh. They go, I like you, you know, you seem smart, I like you, like, yeah, let's do this. They look at my resume, they don't see dick. They're like, fuck, this dude's just done a bunch of pickup work and a few good things, a little bit of schooling, nothing to speak of. They're not going to hire me, you know, but I go in and talk to them and they're like, I like this guy, let's, let's get you a job. Um, so I used to do that, and I remember you, you would never know what they were, especially being young, the job. So I went in, I took this one, and I had no idea what it was, and it ended up being a telemarketer thing. And I'm talking, this is in the fucking 80s, so, or not the 80s, this was the late 90s, and um, you would literally walk into this, like, old abandoned fucking office building, you know, in, in like Midtown Ventura, and I were walked in there. I go up to the second floor into Suite 101. You go in there, and it's a big empty room with a bunch of plastic like picnic tables set up around the room with fucking old telephones there. You know, not cordless phones, not cell phones, fucking old, like almost like rotary phones. You know, phones with like touch, like actual dial fucking keys on them, like a keyboard. You know. Um, for you youngsters, you don't remember, we used to have phones like that that hung on the wall and you couldn't, they had a cord plugged in. You couldn't just walk around the house with them. So um, there's a bunch of those fucking ancient phones, you know. Uh, I wanted to tell you there were a bunch of rotary phones, but I'm totally, that's an exaggeration. But there were, okay, so there are a bunch of old phones, like probably 10 of them, and there were a bunch of young people and like there was chicks in there in like full on like work suits. Like they went to like Ross dress for less and bought their best women's suit. Cause they had no idea like me what the job was and you show up you're thinking it's sales oh it's sales but over the fucking phone and they're selling like i couldn't even tell you what the fuck we sold what they were doing i went in for about an hour and was like okay so this is telemarketing and they give you a card with a fucking thing you read off it says good morning my name is and there's like a blank spot and you just sit there and bullshit and it's every person i called was probably in their 60s or 70s. Homeowners, and you're selling them like fucking mini blinds or a water filter system or some shit, or you're getting into invest in like the fucking like life lock. It was pathetic, dude. And I was so embarrassed. I called like four people and they all hung up on me. You get a couple assholes that were interested. And I just didn't have it in me, man. I was like, man, I had no idea, dude. Fuck this. So uh, I remember I just grabbed my backpack, put it on, and he said, oh, are you doing? I said, where's the bathroom? And he goes, oh, it's down the hall. I said, thanks. I went down there, went in the bathroom, and I fucking just opened the louvered glass window in there and slid out of it, grabbed my backpack, and just fucking bailed. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. I was like, fuck this job. And the dude called my house like, oh, you just disappeared. And I'm like, why are you calling me? Like, how many people have walked out on that bullshit job? You know, I wonder how many people actually stayed around. There's always those young guys that, that actually start selling shit and they get into it and they're like, I'm good at this. And they love it and they make money at it. And it's crazy to me. Like, there's no stability in it. You're totally selling snake oil to old people and you make commission and they just give you shit. You know, that's the thing is most people do it because you don't have to sell dick. You can literally sit there all day and make empty phone calls and you'll still get a minimum wage paycheck at the end of the day. So a lot of fuckers were doing that. 
Or I've had shitty gigs where you, you go and sell like cheap ass fucking Chinese stereo blah punk systems to like, they used to drive through the hills in like fucking the San Fernando Valley uh, where they'd be renovating houses, all these construction sites. And you drive up to all these like Mexican guys that were working on the roofs and shit on their brakes and you'd go up there and see if they wanted to buy like fucking cheap ass stereo products for their cars. Oh, it was miserable, dude. This was all like right out of high school and you're just trying to find work and you have no idea and they don't tell you exactly what it is. You're like, oh yeah, like go sell fucking cheap ass Chinese stereo products to a bunch of fucking dudes working the hills in the San Fernando Valley. You'd all meet and congregate in some abandoned fucking structure that was over in the industrial park and like fucking in like Moore Park, right? It was never Ventura. It was always like Moore Park or fucking Simi Valley. Hey, meet at this industrial park in this empty warehouse and we're going to load your car up with a bunch of fucking hot fucking stereo goods and cheap shit from China and then you go around even though you don't speak Spanish and try and talk to a bunch of guys that are fucking speak nothing but Spanish and hawk these hawk these fucking stereo parts <laughs> and you get a bonus if you sell X amount of shit oh fuck dude fuck those jobs I'm so glad I was always like nah fuck this I'm just gonna go work like I'm gonna go labor I need to just go like fucking do some solid work and get paid for it try and sell fucking bullshit to people uh, it's crazy to me because there's fuckers that just thrive on that shit. It's like those fucking Mormon dipshits I was talking about yesterday that go door to door and sell Jesus or sell Joseph Smith. And then, and then they go back, you know, uh, and sell pest control to you because they get hired. And those guys, you know, that's what they do. Those are those type of dudes. Those Mormons are the same fucking dudes that go out and sell cheap fucking stereo parts in the hills of the San Fernando Valley. You know, it's the same gig. Just different levels to it. <laughs> oh, man. Nothing really good's happening right now. Some personal stuff that's not uh, very enlightening. Um, hope the rest of you guys are doing well. I think we're going to wrap it up. I just wanted to talk a little bit about baseball and bullshit. And, uh, you know, talk about some really shitty jobs. But I can't get too into it. It's getting late now. It's about 25 minutes in. It's <laughs> all we really want for the morning. Um, I was going to tell you guys uh, some fucking, you know, I wanted to, wanted to like bring up something, but it's really kind of slipped my mind. So uh, we'll see what happens with it. But uh, give me a second here. I was going to ask, like, have you guys ever wondered, like, if, if pro athletes, like, um, I don't know why I'm picking pro athletes. I think any profession. You think professionals use recreational drugs the way that uh, a lot of regular people at regular everyday jobs um, use drugs, you know what I mean? Because I've, I've worked a lot of jobs where I was kind of shocked, where I'd be working with like a, you know, middle-aged, 40-something-year-old, you know, uh, you know, single mom or just mom, she's married, has kids, family, and she's just, <clears throat> you know, one of those typical phone chickens that answers phones and she's polite she knows the routine and formalities and she smokes cigarettes and sucks down coffee on her breaks and she watches you know she watches shit like the bachelor and american idol and she can't wait to tell you about it then monday morning after oh did you see that last thursday night and oh it's such a great you know this one woman she's you know she grew up in 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 west virginia and she sings like do you know who patsy klein is she just starts telling you all this useless water cooler shit um like those type of women are the ones you'd never think but they're the ones that are fucking 
snorting Adderall in the bathroom and shit on their brakes and they got fucking painkillers. Like, you, you would be like, oh, my shoulder's killing and they like pull you aside because they trust you and like you and you've had a few conversations with them during break time. You've bummed a cigarette off them so they, they confide in you and they, your shoulder's hurting? Come here, sweetheart. And they like bring in, they open this little bag and they slip you like an extra strength Vicodin at noon in the middle of a fucking work week. They're like, here, don't tell anyone. This will take care of it. You're like, what the fuck? And you find out that lady's just all about fucking benzos and fucking painkillers and shit like that. And you're like, oh, wow. Is that how she comes and shows up every day making a shitty wage and putting up with garbage shit in this fucking prison-like facility that, you know, you're like a fucking door hardware manufacturer factory and she's the secretary, you know? It's shit like that, like... You know, those people or, or, or the, you're the checker at Whole Foods, Trader Joe's or fucking Vons even that has to take fucking some sort of mood stabilizer or sedative to get through the day or she maybe they pop pills or maybe they go out on their break and fucking eat an edible now. Edibles are big, right? Fucking go out and go home and oh, I got to run home on lunch and smoke a big old bowl on the toilet and fucking pop a Xanax and go back for the afternoon run, you know? Like that's really common. And then there's like, a friend of mine's uh, dad had a—he was—he had a law firm, right? And um, the guy's partner ended up getting Lou Gehrig's disease, and um, so towards the end, they all went down to just kind of hang out with him and say goodbye. He was getting really sick, and they went down there, and uh, I just remember hearing from my friend like, "Oh yeah, they—they were all—you know—it was a bunch of judges and lawyers, and there was like a local like fucking like school board member and just." Like, you know, those type of professional career people. And they're all down there hanging out in the keys around the boat, wishing them goodbye, you know, drinking scotch and beers and wine and just having a good time. Fucking popping all the dudes leftover extra pain medications and shit. You know, like it's it's those stories where you're like, oh, so like I get in trouble for that shit. But the guy putting me away is popping pills and drinking wine on the weekends like that. He doesn't have a prescription for or maybe he got a script from his fucking crooked pharmacist that he's done a favor for <laughs> like it's all this shit comes to the surface you're like wow everybody uses some sort of drug narcotic or something whether it's a cigarette a cup of coffee a fucking prescription you know people seem to think that prescription drugs aren't real drugs like they think like oh you smoked a bull or fucking maybe your heroin out you shot some heroin oh my god that guy's trouble but Every day they take a little muscle relaxer, you know, like a cyclobenzaprine. Oh, I take two 10 milligram ones. It's my back hurts, but you, you notice they do it every fucking day. Like, wow, that back's just not getting better, huh? Uh, <laughs> so fucking, you know, like everyone's got something. Like they look down like, oh, I don't smoke pot. I know a guy who's a full alcoholic, dude. And he, he like, he does that. And I know he does other things, you know. This one dude I know, and he, and he pops pills, and he drinks all the time. And I fucking offer, we offered him a fucking cocktail. Hey, you want you want a you want a drink? You want a you want a vodka soda or something? He's like, oh no, I don't drink hard alcohol. Like, oh fuck, I don't go there. I fucking pop fucking painkillers like Xanax and walk around like I'm a fucking zombie stuck to the floor. Dude walks like he's in tar or like a fucking robot. Yeah, even when he's fucking sober, he's just hammered all the time, but he doesn't go there. He doesn't drink hard alcohol. Those are the type of fuckers I'm talking about. Like he thinks kids that smoke pot are losers. 
but he can't even get off his couch or fucking say a sentence without drool hanging out the crooked left side of his fucking face. Like, you know what I mean? It's like those type of people. They'll judge people for smoke pot. He took, you know, he, he does this. He's all, he's a, he's a cokehead or this and that. And it's like, motherfucker, you're taking extra strength, fucking Vicodin, fucking Percocet, like handfuls of them, like three or four at a time, multiple times a day. And then when you're not at, at, at your fucking profession, these people like go home, they drink wine, they fucking, you know, I know a lot of people like hairdressers, hairdressers are paramount drug dealers and drug addicts. I swear to God, dude, I know the inner workings of fucking salons. All those broads have fucking pills in their purse. They dish them off. Like I just remember telling like, oh, you need some painkillers? Do you get your hair done? Oh yeah, here, here, or there. Who's your hairstylist? I'm sure she's got some. Ask her for some fucking Vicodin. Every hairstylist I ever know had some sort of benzos in their purse. You know, oh, I got a Zanny bar. I got some Xanax we need. I got a Valium. Got, oh, no, I'm fucking these just little perk helps me get through the day. They fucking got Adderall or fucking fucking Darvocet or some shit. Taking that, go have it with their with their fuck. They come in with a Frappuccino from Starbucks having just downed like a Vicodin or two. Oh, it's just my morning buzz. And then you notice they don't eat. It's all, yeah, you can't eat. It suppresses your appetite. They'll have like a salad at lunch and then maybe some chicken wings and a, and a cocktail after their stretch at dinner. Go home, pop another Vike, take a, take a, take a fucking rabbit shit, you know, constipated shit from popping pills all day. And they're just fucking thinning out and go to bed and repeat, do it again. Life of a hairstylist. <laughs> Not all of them, but a lot of them. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of professionals out there that do drugs. I remember doing pest control. I used to snort rails of coke and then go do spray pest control because that was the bad time of my life and that's what I was doing. Always smoking pot, you know, delivering pizzas. Every pizza guy delivers something to you unless they're like, you can tell. They're pretty, they're stoned. You, the, the fun little girls that are giggling and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't find the place. They're stoned. They eat an edible, you know. Everybody's on drugs, dude. Even the people here. I'm at, I'm at a donut store. You know, people are here, they're, they're barely getting donuts. Everyone's here for coffee, caffeine. It's like legal tweak. I stopped drinking coffee for a while because it's fucking miserable. Do you drink coffee on an empty stomach? You're not going to eat for a while. Maybe if you're chubby and you're trying to lose weight, that's a good gig. But like for me, that needs like to get going in the morning. I need shit to like coffee fucks my day up, you know? It just fucks your stomach up, makes me feel queasy and sick to my stomach, and then I can't eat, and I don't know. Some people really enjoy it. They'll drink fucking coffee all day long. That sounds nauseating to me. Um, yeah, so that's that's it. Everyone needs something. Sugar, fucking caffeine, nicotine, benzos, you know, something to relax you, pain relief. That's what it is, right? It all comes down to pain relief and stress management, and we're self-medicating everybody. Uh, and that's life. And you know what? Humans have made life that way, you know? Like, I swear to God, like, think about it. Think of the shit we've done. Like, think of the stress we've created on our own. You look at the world today, it's constantly move, 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 go, 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 go. You got to work. You know, people brag about working 60 to 80 hours. Like, that's a cool thing. Cool, I gave 60 and 80 hours of my life away this week. Fucking like it's a tough thing. It's like you're a dipshit. So you're bragging about being a fucking slave. I, you could have spent like way more time with your family and friends, hiking, surfing, exploring, doing what you want. But you're bragging about giving your time to a company 
So they give you a handful of dimes to fucking pay mortgage on your house. Like, barely get by. Like, that's that's your life. And you're bragging about it. I'm sorry, man. I've just never been... Like, work sucks, dude. It's fucking lame. We all have to do it, so you just do it. But, like, the idea that, like, people are like, Fuck, yeah, I worked 60, 80 hours this week. It's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? That's embarrassing. Why are you bragging about that? Fucking moron. That just makes me think, like, dude, why why are you happy about that? You're, like, waving a flag on, fuck, yeah, America, work. I'm employed. I live here. Like, what a nightmare, dude. But the thing is, we all have to, like, survive. And they've made it to the point where you have to have a phone these days to survive, to get a job. You know? You need transportation. Now they have Ubers. Of people spending more money to get rides than they probably would on a car payment every month. Like, it's... It's nuts. It's just go, 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 24-7, 365 days a year. There's no breath of fresh air. There's no taking a break anymore. There's no getting your shit together and figuring out what's important in life. Because you're consumed by the radio that's constantly on in the background, the TV, talking to people. Your phone won't never stop ringing. You never stop getting text messages. You get them from your friends, from your work. You get them from fucking, you get them from telemarketers trying to sell you shit. You get them from people saying, hi. Thanks for joining Marriott, you know, trying to sell you vacations and shit. It's too much. There's too much information. There's always this need to know, need to talk, need to do. You got to hurry. Get this done. Deadlines like slow the fuck down. Fuck, man. No wonder there's fucking, you know why America's so unhealthy, dude? Besides the diet and the processed food and the GMOs and the fucking that, no one's got time to rest, relax, get enough sleep, drink enough water, eat healthy, get the things they need to feel good. Nobody has time anymore. It's just a fucking rat race and we've created it. And if you're either, you got to sink or swim. Like if you just want to live a nice life and go hiking and discover things and talk to people and love and experience different cultures and foods, you don't have time. You don't have time for any of that. Your life is fucking work. And I don't give a fuck what you do. It's still not what you really want to be doing. You know, some people are fortunate enough. Maybe you're a major league baseball player. Maybe you're a musician. Maybe you're a professional comedian. Then you're pretty stoked. But it's still, there's times where you're like, can I just hang out? Like a majority of us, most of us, even if you said, I want to be a teacher when I grow up. You're a teacher now. Like, you're happy, but it's like you'd much rather be in Italy drinking wine and experiencing the culture and and being able to afford it and, and live and, and not worry so much about it, right? But you can't. You can do that, but you, you're going to get one week out of about five years and you got to save up and it's going to be this explosive thing. And if it's not super climatic, it feels like you got cheated. And then it's like, cool, I'll wait another five years to do this. I got to work for the next five years to afford to do this. It's just wrong. It's fucking stupid. And if you start talking about changing that, upping the minimum wage, making quality of life better through health care and health insurance for everyone, livable salaries so that the whole, like, getting helping people that need it, you know, cleaning up the homeless thing positively, you know, all these are good things, but people don't want to do it because it will cost them an extra dollar or two in their taxes, and, and it's not their responsibility, but then they'll complain about how society's fucked up, and they're not the part of the problem, but they actually are, you know? Pay more taxes, like I said in the last thing. Clean this shit up and stop complaining because it affects all of us. You know, quality of life is super important. I never understand people fighting against the minimum wage. Like, I understand the argument of it. It's going to be hard to employ people. No, it's not. Like, not if you have a good company and a good quality product. Go compare Costco to, to Walmart. 
Seriously, go look up the two companies, their minimum wage, their benefits, everything they do that helps the, uh, their employees and, and the society around them. And it's night and day. And yet uh, Walmart can do that, but they don't, you know, it's just, I don't know. There's a lot of shitty jobs and existences, but it doesn't have to be that shitty. And people just, for no reason that's going to hurt them, don't want to change it. They get paranoid, uh, you know, people talking to them and freaking them out and they throw in the towel. Fuck that. Not my responsibility. I pay taxes for this. I don't want my money going to that. You know, meanwhile, their money's going to dumb fucking shit. So it's a big mess, but we've created a shit show and you just got to fucking kind of read between the lines and find your little niche and kind of groove through it and try and set yourself up by the rules that apply the best you can and live a life. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I'm fucking, this, this ran pretty long today. I hope you enjoyed it. Tune in tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have more bullshit. Have a good day, everyone. Best of luck.